0: Welcome back to round 12 the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth development and motivational mastery i am your host sensei roger b hamilton thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the round 12 podcast series let's go get it get your mojo working tribute to mr jimmy smith
1: my mojo working, baby And I'm gonna try it on you Oh, yeah I got my mojo working, baby And I'm gonna try it out on you Oh, yeah Well, I tried in New York City Oh, now I'm gonna try it on you I've got my mojo working, baby And I'm gonna try it on you Oh, look later i am got my mojo working, baby My Google just on you Hey, hey. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. I tried in New York City. Okay? Who oh, gonna give me a chance on you? Oh, yeah. Why my groove ain't Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Rougaleta working on you, baby. Oh, yeah. I got my Google dust on. Rougaleta working on you. This is my glory, baby. Hey.
0: If you don't like music, if you don't like jazz music, if you don't like the Hammond B3 organ, then this is not the podcast episode for you. But if you do, then get ready, because this one has pioneer musician fingerprints all over it. A new sound, a new star, proclaimed the cover of Jimmy Smith's debut album in 1956, the same year I was born, and that title proved prophetic. The new sound emanated from Smith's Hammond B-3 organ, an instrument previously associated with gospel churches, movie theaters, and roller rings. Smith transformed the organ into a frontline instrument and helped launch a soul jazz movement that lasted into the 70s. His organ, guitar, drum lineup seated hundreds of neighborhood bars and cocktail lounges where funky organ combos would be a mainstay for decades. Along the way, Smith inspired a battalion of organ-playing progeny from jazz bows Jimmy McGriff, brother Jack McDuff, Richard Groove Holmes, and soul man Booker T. Jones to rockers Steve Winwood and Greg Allman and next-generation B3 virtuosos like Larry Goldings, John Medeski, Barbara Danellon, and Joey DiFrancesco. Smith had recently finished an album with DiFrancesco and was to begin a tour with him the next week. Last year, DiFrancesco told routers that anyone who plays the organ is a direct descendant of Jimmy Smith. Until his death in his late 70s, Smith was the embodiment of the perpetually modern jazz organist, hunkered behind his B3, literally walking the bass lines as his feet danced over the instrument's pedals, his fingers flying across the keyboard, showering furiously paced single note lines and blues drenched improvisations from his right hand, propulsively chording with his left. As jazz critic Gary Giddens once noted, Smith was a master of the slow build who knew how to manufacture excitement without succumbing to it. That is why his best albums were either live recordings or those that recreated jazz club ambiance in studio sessions that were little more than focused blowing sessions, a specialty of both Blue Note and Verve, the two labels Smith was most closely identified with. Blue Note was the primary incubator of soul jazz, which emerged around the same time rhythm and blues was transforming into soul. Both soul jazz and soul were rooted in the blues and gospel and evoked a strong sense of down-home community qualities found in such classic Smith albums as home cooking, house party, and prayer meeting, as well as the Sermon whose title track was a sidelong 20 minute 12 bar blues tribute to a fellow soul jazz pioneer pianist, Horace Silver. It became one of Smith's signature pieces, along with Walk on the Wild Side, The Champ and The Preacher. Through such well known tunes, Smith, like his peers, Silver, Stanley Turrentine and Cannonball Adderley, achieved a level of commercial success and popularity rare for jazz musicians. Walk on the Wild Side made the pop charts as a single in 1962. Smith wasn't the first to address the electric organ, which had been introduced in the mid-30s. Fats Waller and Count Basie both toyed with it and while Bill Davis and Bill Doggett had some R&B-flavored hits with it in the 40s and early 50s. But just as Charlie Christian wasn't the first to play amplified guitar, but was the first to play with the modern jazz conception, Smith pioneered the melding of rootsier blues, gospel, and R&B elements with fiery bebop. He'd studied both piano and bass while playing in jazz and R&B combos around his Philadelphia-area home ground. But in 1953, Smith was galvanized after catching a performance by Davis. For more than a year, Smith woodshedded in Oregon at a Philadelphia warehouse where he and his father worked as plasterers. When Smith emerged, it was with an original approach and sound that would become the standard for nearly all jazz organists who followed. In 1955, Smith had established the Oregon trio format, creating a small ensemble with a sound big enough for any size venue, later augmented by a stellar tennis saxophonist like Tarantine or Lou Donaldson. In 1956, after hearing a Smith set at Small's Paradise in Harlem, Alfred Lyon, founder of Blue Note, announced to his wife that he was selling the label to follow this newfound genius on tour lying calm down and relented, but his enthusiasm proved catching. A new sound, a new star, unleashed a flood of recordings from Blue Note. Later at Verve, Smith's classic included Organ Grinder's Swing, as well as collaborations with guitarist Wes Montgomery and big bands conducted or arranged by Oliver Nelson. Smith's recordings Over the past 25 years, never matched his earlier work, although even recently, his live performances showed remarkable consistency in terms of of his improvisational skills and devotion to hard-swinging, blues-based jazz. In the 70s, the jazz scene had changed with the introduction of lighter, high-tech keyboards. The bulky B3 fell out of favor with both musicians and audiences, though it found fans and retro movements in jazz, hip-hop, soul, and, appropriately, jam, band, circles. That the B3 refuses to fade into obscurity is testament to the man whose letter had boldly stated the world's greatest jazz organist. Who'd argue that? Jimmy Smith helped start a soul jazz movement that lasted into the 70s. So what does this all mean to motivational mastery and you? It means that when you love something, when you're good at something, when you formulate an idea for something, when you reach higher and ignite the fire in your soul for something, when you cannot and will not relent and you must press on, this kind of message rings true. Be your best, do your thing, and play your music. You only get one life as we know it. So this tribute to the late Mr. Jimmy Smith, may he rest in peace, is in some ways a tribute to us all, a tribute to the human condition and what you can do with it when you're ready. The subtle reminder here is, get your mojo working. You never know what joy it might bring. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until we meet again, time!